Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. The, the church looks beautiful this morning. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to be in the house of God on a holiday weekend as I look around and see so many. So thankful for what God is doing here um, at Elohim Christian Church. Um, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. If you uh, have been coming to Tuesday night prayer services, we've been having just such a wonderful time. And uh, also Fridays in our small group ministry, just a wonderful time. And, uh, and Sundays has been special. We have uh, Sunday school in Spanish, and we have children's ministry, teen church, children's church. We have side language church. And that all happens here at 10 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock we have a Spanish service. And we also have um, uh, Children's Church at 12 o'clock. Amen. So um, we're thankful, thankful for this morning. Just a couple of quick announcements before we get into it. But before the announcements, can you do me a favor? Can you open up, can you turn on your phones for a second? Uh, can anybody just open up their phones for a second? Or you can write something down. You can write something down. If you have an iPhone, you could open up notes. If you don't have an iPhone, that's okay. Only iPhone users found that funny. <laughs> Only iPhone users found that funny. Um, but could you open up your notes or a pen and paper? And can you write down three things that matter the most to you? Three things that matter the most to you. You could write them down. You could text them. You're not going to share this with nobody. I'm not going to ask you, hey, what did you write down? It's just between you and God. You and yourself, if you wish to share with your spouse, you can. Three things that matter the most to you. I'm going to give you 30 seconds so that you can think about that. Then we're going to get into our announcements and get into the teaching of the word. Three things that matter. If you're joining us via social media platforms, I'm going to encourage you the same. Three things that matter the most to you this morning. Ten more seconds. Three things that matter the most to you. Amen. I want to just a, a couple of shout outs before we get into the announcements. I want to shout out Carmen Garcia. Carmen is watching us right now. Carmen Garcia, some of you may remember her. She's an, uh, an elderly lady. She's 88 years old. Throughout the pandemic and, um, and right before the pandemic, she was attending our church and she would sit right back there. She would come on a ride here to church every Sunday. She would be one of the first people in church. She'd sit back there, she'd worship, she'd go home the same way, an ride. And, and uh, Pastor George, Jamie and I went to visit her this week and we had such a wonderful time visiting her and she cannot make it as much anymore because uh, physically she's affected, but she is a very wise, prudent, uh, sharp 88-year-old and we just love her so much. And Carmen, we want to tell you that we're shouting you out this morning. God bless you, God keep you.
And I want to shout out our family, our church members, our Elohimers at Woodcrest Nursing Home. This morning, we got Jimmy watching us, Giovanni, Dave, uh, Sherry, and also Joe and Jamari are on this morning. Uh, we love our Woodcrest Elohimers. And if the Lord permits, on June 10th at 2 o'clock, Pastor Becky and I, Pastor Naomi has said that she would be there. We're going to take some of our worship team, some of our leaders, and we're going to have an Elohim Christian Church Sunday-style service at Woodcrest. Uh, if you're interested in going, you can uh, let us know. And um, we look forward to seeing you in person on that day. A uh, special shout-out to my buddy Jimmy, who always keeps in contact with me. Amen. So a few quick announcements. So this Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we have our family camp meeting, especially if you're new to the church, one of your first family camps, you want to be at that meeting. It's going to be virtual via Zoom. I'm sure that Elise is going to email the meeting ID out. If you wish to take a picture of it, you can. You could also see it on our social media platforms throughout the week. But this is important. It gives you the do's and don'ts. It answers every question that you may have about family camp. That happens this Wednesday, 8 o'clock, via Zoom. Uh, Sister Elise will be leading that meeting. I promise you that you'll leave there very informed, and every question you have will be answered. What else we have? All right, Family Camp T-shirts. We always have uh, T-shirt day at Family Camp. It's Saturday. If you register for Family Camp, there is a shirt for you and your whole family on the way out. No, at the gym. At the gym, you're going to see that it's been set up there, and there's a bag for your family with all your shirt size. Please take it home today. Take it home today. Don't forget it at home. Bring it to camp. On Saturday is camp day. It's shirt day. We also take a big uh, uh, picture, all of us together. That's happening. Don't forget your shirts on the way home. Anything else for today? That's it. All right. Next Sunday, we have one 10 a.m. service here. So we have a group of, um, of, of our church will be there, and another group of our church will be here. We'll have one bilingual service. We have a few pastors that are staying back, a few leaders, preaching, worship. It's all happening here at 10 a.m. It'll be a bilingual service where both ministries will come together. There will not be children's church or teen church next Sunday, but all of us will gather here together. I want to shout out uh, Dennis and Stephanie, who are with us, from the state of Florida. They were with us for a, a season, and, um, and now they're in the state of Florida. And I, I know that, um, just so thankful, as soon as we saw them, we were like, hey, man, welcome home. I assume they're here for the weekend. Always, always happy to see them. Always happy to see them. And again, if you're visiting us for the first time, second time, and you haven't passed by our desk outside, we've got a gift for you. You can meet our Connect pastors there, Pastor Robert and Rosa, who'll be there at the end of the service. And um, this way you can just, any questions you have about our church, we'd love to be able to connect with you at that point as well. Amen. How many are ready for the teaching? Amen. Would you join me by standing this morning? Would you open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Today I want to speak on the theme, what matters most? What matters most? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. We read God's word. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And the church says, what matters most? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. I pray, Lord God, that the teaching of your word would land in our hearts this morning. I pray that our Sunday would change our Monday. I pray, O oh Lord God, that as we allow your word to resonate in our hearts, that it would confront us, convict us, Lord God. It would compel us to respond in a way that uh, honors you and honors your word this morning. As you have spoken to my heart today, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people as well. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What matters most? Uh, in this story, we see here that the author is teaching us what matters most in this life. It is time with Jesus. It is to be at his feet. At his feet, we hear his words, enjoy his presence, and embrace his teachings. This should be the goal of every disciple. I love that this story teaches us that Mary didn't care. And the church says, let's start again. In this story, we see here that the author is teaching us what matters most in this life is time with Jesus. It is to be at his feet. At his feet, we hear his words, enjoy his presence, and embrace his teachings. This should be the goal of every disciple. And I love that this story teaches us that Mary didn't care that the setting where a teacher was teaching in those times were for men only. She pushed her way in there and she sat at the feet of Jesus. I love that she probably thought, I'm not going to be bogged down with the housework. I'm going to leave that for my sister. It's her house anyway. I love that she didn't worry about the culture of that time that said sitting at the feet of a teacher was only for men. I love that she got aggressive and she took the best seat in the house and she sat at the feet of Jesus I loved that she did not let that opportunity slip away, that she wanted to hear from Jesus. In this story, Jesus teaches us what matters most. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, uh, she has chosen what matters most. We see often when Jesus calls someone by name two times, it means something. In the New Testament, Jesus calls three people by their name two times. And every time he called them, by their name two times, 
One had to do with a sense of endearment, and the other one had a light, a light rebuke behind it. Endearment and an admonishment, a light rebuke. He calls Martha, Martha here, and he tells her, you're anxious and troubled about many things. It's endearment for her, because she's trying to do a good thing, but there's also a rebuke, and he says, uh, but one thing is necessary. When we look at when God calls Saul, Paul, the apostle Paul, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul, and on his way to Damascus, Jesus speaks to him, the resurrected Jesus speaks to him, with a light admonishment, but also endearment. And says, Saul, Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? Admonishing him, but a spirit of endearment underlining those words. Also, in a time when Simon Peter stands up and says, no, I'm going to be faithful, Jesus tells him this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. Endearment... But also when you read the context, there is a light admonishing. So we see here that, that Jesus is, is telling Martha, uh, there's, there's something special about what you're doing, but there's something better offered to you today. Your sister has chosen the best portion. And when you look at that original word for best portion, it has to do like with the best part of the meal, the best part of the meat. She has chosen the best part of the portion of the meat and it will not be taken away from her. We see here that Jesus is teaching Martha something. He's teaching Martha something, what matters most. But he's also teaching Mary and the disciples that are there. Hey, there's something important and critical about what Mary is doing right now. This is what matters most. Time in my presence, what matters most to us. What matters most to you? What matters most to me? You know, at times when teaching on leadership, I, I talk to leaders and I'll say something like, hey, what's the most important thing for you? Prioritize five or six things or seven things as leaders because if you don't have a priority list, then you don't have a, an agenda. You don't have a journey. You don't have direction. So priority lists and, uh, are important because they give us clarity as how we should live and what is next and, and how to handle our day-to-day -day transactions and day-to-day -day decisions because we have a priority list. We know what matters. And at times when uh, speaking to, to leaders, I'll say, hey, give us a list of what matters to you. Today I asked you also to give us a list of three things, what matters to you. I wonder if on your list you put time with Jesus or spiritual disciplines or something that really connects you with, with what God wants to do in your life. I don't say this to bring conviction. I say it to bring consciousness, to bring consciousness, to bring awareness that part of our thought process should always be in our priority time with Jesus because it is what matters. And the church says, as we look at this biblical story today, I would like to answer the question, what does spending time with Jesus look like today? Because it's good church lingo to say, hey, spend time with Jesus. But practically, pragmatically, how does that look for us today? What does spending time with Jesus look like? look like for you and me today.
looking at the story of Mary and Martha and their experience with Jesus, I just want to share quickly with you three ways that we spend time with Jesus. And the church says, the first one, treating him like he is the most important person in the room. That's how you spend time with Jesus. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus because she knew that he was the most important person in that room. She admired Jesus. She didn't care who was in the room and what needed to be done. She had the best seat in the house and she wasn't giving it up. She knew that Jesus was the most important person in that room. And she admired him. And she wanted to spend time with him. Our admiration for Jesus. Recognizing who he is. Recognizing that his omnipresence is always with us and he is always with us and he is always the most important person in the room and it should change our posture and bring us to sit at his feet in a lifestyle of reverence knowing who he is. And we admire being in his presence. Have you ever met somebody that you really admire a lot? Have you ever like, had somebody, you're like, wow, boom, and you got to meet them? What an excitement. Pastor Becky and I had a missionary that we just, we saw years ago speak, and we, we were just in awe of this missionary. And we would find people who knew him, and we were like, what? You know him? It was like to us, oh, my God. It, they're almost apostles knowing the apostle, you know? We're like amazed. And we had just, and last year, we go to an event, and he's there with his wife. And they told us, hey, would you like to meet the missionaries? We were like, absolutely. And we go up to them. We're like, hey, how are you, man, your ministry? And we share some words. And, and we got to sit and have lunch with them that day. We invited them to speak here. They spoke here a year ago. I'm talking about uh, uh, missionary Reverend Dick Brockton. And then I said, hey, you want to come to lunch, have lunch at our house? He was like, sure. We were like, what? <laughs> he wants to eat at our house? Um, he came to our house, we shared, Paul was there with us as well, right? We had a nice time, and, and what, it was an honor for us, because we admired the person. Is that how we treat the presence of Jesus? If we want to spend time with Jesus, we need to know that his presence is, is always the most important person in the room. He is always the most important person in the room. He is the most important person here. And our life, our posture should change. It should bring a spirit of reverence and draws us to our knees and say, you alone are worthy, oh God. You alone are worthy. Do we treat the presence of Jesus with, with that same admiration? Every single day because he is with us. The psalmist said this, Psalm 27, 8, the New Living Translation says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Oh, I love it. There's an invitation and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Psalm 84, 2 says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. We yearn because we admire his presence because he is the most important person in the room. What really matters in life? Pope John Paul II said this. What really matters in life is that we are loved by Christ and that we 
love him in return. In comparison to the love of Jesus, everything else is secondary. And without the love of Jesus, everything else is useless. To admire Jesus is to know that he is the most important person in the room. And that's how we spend time with Jesus. I hope and pray that as we approach Jesus, we approach him knowing that he is the most important person in the room. And that there always is admiration for him. And that admiration is revealed in our posture. And that is reverence always at the feet of Jesus. Our life is a life of reverence to the presence of God. That's why we speak different. That's why we respond to hardships differently. That's why we respond to circumstances differently. Why? Because Jesus is in the room and there's admiration for who he is. And, and it changes our posture and brings us to say, I will live a life that's pleasing to him. And the church says, how can we spend time with Jesus every day is to know that he is the most important person in the room. Number two, uh, spending time, with, uh, trying to answer the question, what does spending time with Jesus mean for us today? Number two, spending time with Jesus means to listen to his teachings. I love verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, talking about Martha, she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus not to be his favorite, not to impress him, but to listen to his teachings, understanding that his teachings were life-changing. To spend time with Jesus is to listen to his teachings. God's word is his written word. It is that thus says the Lord. Jesus said this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It has to do with if you remain in Christ and Christ remains in you. And then he says that my words will be in you and you will know my will and you will ask me for anything in my will and I will respond to that and I will give you all that is in my will. Why? Because you have listened to my words. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said this, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. John 8, 31, he says that to us as well. If you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Spending time with Jesus means listening to his words. It is not just good enough talk to say, read your Bible. It's not just good, good enough to say, hey, read your Bible. It's not just good enough. We cannot read the scripture like it's, it's a novel. No, no. We, we shouldn't just say, hey, read your Bible. We need to understand that, that Jesus is the living word and the scriptures are his written word. Is the logos. is the life. We have to understand as Timothy, as Paul writes to Timothy and tells him, all scripture is God breathed. It's the pneuma of God. It's the wind of God. It's the word of God. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We have to understand that the Word of God is eternal. It, it, it's, it's beyond time. It's timeless. Uh, that's why the Bible teaches us that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's Word will never pass away. It's eternal. So we have to understand that spending time with Jesus means to listen 
to his teachings? Do we want to spend time with Jesus? Are you willing to sit at his feet and listen to what he says? Quiet time with your Bible is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Quiet time with your Bible. I know she probably won't like this, but I admire my wife at the night. She, to her side, opens her bed at night and quiet time with her Bible. Reading our Bible, not for a teaching or for a sermon, but quiet time with our Bible because we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. He is the written word. It's a thus of the Lord for us. Not reading our Bible like casual read or, or being responsible or doing our disciplines because it's the thing that we need to do. No, but to understand quiet time with the Bible is spending time with Jesus. To stop everything to read the Bible and spend time with Jesus. To hear what he has to say, it is to spend time with Jesus. Ruth Graham said this, Down through the years I've turned to the Bible and found, it, found in it all that I needed. All that I needed I found in the scripture. I, I want to encourage you today. Spending time with Jesus means spending time, quiet time, with his word. It is his thus says the Lord. When we read the scriptures, it should change our posture. We should be at his feet, tentative to what he wants to speak to our lives. And that's how we spend time with Jesus. And the church says, spending time with Jesus. Well, how can we spend time with Jesus today? We must remember he is the most important person in the room. We must uh, take time to listen to his teaching through his word. And number three is we must choose to spend time with Jesus. Choose. We must make that decision. We must choose to, to spend time with Jesus. Verse 42, it said, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her chosen the good portion she could have chose to serve along with her sister Martha and that would have been okay she could have chosen to sit in the back of the room and the men all at the feet of Jesus and that would have been that would have been okay but she made a decision to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus no one could make that decision for her she needed to make that decision for herself. If I could encourage you today, can I encourage you to be intentional in choosing time with Jesus? Choosing time with Jesus. To make that decision and say, before I go to bed, I want quiet time with Jesus. Before I leave for work, I want quiet time for Jesus. I know that we live this rush, rush life of work and children and ministry and this American dream has us all locked in. But is he what matters most? 
Is he what matters most? Do we hunger and thirst for him more than anything else that we must choose to spend time with him? I love that Jesus draws us into his presence always by an invitation. He, he draws us into his presence by an invitation. But we must make the decision to choose Jesus. Right? Jesus says things like, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, though, he says. He says, you got to come. He says, if you come, you're going to find what you need. But there is an invitation, and we must respond to the invitation. John chapter 7, verse 37. There was a great feast. It was one of the, the feasts of the Passover. Jesus celebrated the Passover uh, three times in the New Testament. And one of them, they, the Jews all came together and they were celebrating Father Abraham, right? And all that God, Jehovah, had done through Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and Moses, and the Passover. And they were celebrating. And in the midst of that feast, Jesus makes an invitation to them. And he says... Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I love that. that as they were celebrating uh, uh, the Old Testament Passover, at the end of it, Jesus makes a proclamation and an invitation and says, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. And he says, and I will give them rivers of living water that will flow from within them. But there must be a response. There must be a response on behalf of the people to say, I, I, I will go. I receive you as my Savior, Jesus. I submit to your will, O oh God. There must be a response to the come. There must be a response to the invitation. I love that Jesus invites the disciples in a, in a time where they were tired. Mark chapter 6, he says, uh, uh, so many people were coming and going that they had not even a chance to eat. And Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He's constantly inviting us to be in his presence to find the very thing that you need. Maybe you're struggling with something in life today and you feel like, what's next? Could you hear the invitation of Jesus that says, come, maybe you're, maybe you're labored and heavy burdened. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're in need. Could you hear the words of Jesus inviting you? Maybe you're full of anxiety and you don't know what to, Would you respond to the invitation of Jesus? Because he is what matters most. But we must respond to the invitation. Do you know that not everybody responds positively to the invitation of Jesus? Even in the scripture, there was a young man that he approached Jesus and says, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus looks at him and says, well, do the, do the commandments. And he says, that I have done since I'm a boy. And then Jesus says, well, so all that you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. And the scripture says that he left downcast it because he had a lot of wealth and he didn't follow Jesus. I imagine the blessings that were installed, that were in for him, if he would have responded positively. Could it be that 
Jesus invites us at times and we don't respond positively and because we're not ready to surrender the riches of life. And we miss out on, on the presence of Jesus. We miss out on the blessing of hearing him speak to our life and changing our posture and enjoying all that he has because we haven't responded to what he has for us. How do we spend time with Jesus in today's setting? We know that he is the most important person in the room. We know that we have to hear the teachings of his scripture. And we have to choose him. Choose to spend time with him. And that's how we spend time with Jesus today. And the church says... You know, what impresses me about Mary, what impresses me about Mary is that she avoided distractions. You know, sometimes Pastor George will affirm this. You know, we come in the morning, and I'm always thinking in the morning, get into the sanctuary, you know, quiet time. I, I have my routines. And, but something is, something is happening, right? Oh, this is happening. Someone's here. This is that. Boom, we get distracted quickly before you know it. Spiritual disciplines have gone to the wayside, right? Because we get distracted easy. I, I'm so impressed with Mary. She did not let distractions keep her from the feet of Jesus. Mary did not allow the service to Jesus to become a distraction from spending time with Jesus. She did not allow the service. Martha was serving Jesus and serving the disciples. And, and though Martha was doing a good thing, it wasn't the best portion. And Mary did not allow the service to Jesus rob her from the joy of spending time with Jesus. For those who are in ministry here today, don't let ministry distract you from your place at the feet of Jesus. Service in God's kingdom is not the most important thing to Jesus. Jesus is not impressed with our service. And ministry cannot be more important to us than spending time with Jesus. Someone said, we must tear ourselves free from our to-do list and look to Jesus and ask what he would like us to prioritize that day. Admiring him, listening to him, and choosing him over everything. Lord, forgive us of those times that we got caught up doing what is good, but is not what is best. It's not what is best. Mary impressed me that she did not let the work of ministry distract her. You know what else, Mary? Mary did not allow others, what others are doing, to become a distraction to her from spending time with Jesus. She did not allow that her sister was active doing the, the you know, uh, she did not allow what uh, sometimes we see others doing things and we're like, oh my God, I, I, I should be doing that too. Be at peace. They're doing them and you do you. They're doing what God has put in their hearts and you do what God is putting in your heart. You know, in fact, what they were doing, what Martha was doing was causing Martha anxiety. 
Jesus tells her, man, you're anxious about many things. You're troubled about many things. Sometimes we want to get caught up in doing what others are doing, and they're struggling through anxiety and hardship. And if we really knew it, we'd be like, I want nothing to do with that. Let God minister to you for what is for you, and don't get distracted by what others are doing. I love that about Mary. I love that Mary did not allow her sister's ideas of what she should be doing distract her from spending time with Jesus. Because Martha thought that Mary should be doing something else. She was like, Jesus, don't you care? Tell my sister to help me. And I love that although Martha thought that Mary should be doing something else, Mary did not allow Martha's view to distract her. I love that. I love that Mary did not allow the culture of that time to distract her. The culture of that time was that women should not be at the feet of the teacher. She did not allow the culture of that time to distract her. I love that the culture of that time was that, that the women were to serve and, and to serve the men and not sit at the feet of the teachers. But Mary did not allow the culture of that time to keep her from spending quality time in the presence of the church, in the presence of Jesus. Church culture at times can be an obstacle for us as Christians. We're trying to come to know Jesus through rules. We're trying to come to know Jesus through rules, how we should dress, how we should serve, the music that we should be listening to, the literature, literature that we should have in the church. Um, and we try to present ourselves to Jesus through legalism and rules and culture, and we miss the feet of Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't allow distractions to impede you from what matters most. And the church says, as I close our teaching this morning, I want to remind you what matters most. I hope if you didn't, in case you didn't, I know many of you probably did, but if you didn't, the next time somebody says, what matters most to you, would you write it down? That this sermon would trigger that thought and say, time with Jesus matters most to me. That it would trigger that thought. That our Sunday would change our Monday. That we would wake up in the morning and as we have our to-do list that we would think, wait a minute, what matters most to me right now is time with Jesus. He is the most important person in the room, always. And my life should be an admiration. I should live a life of admiration towards him because it changes my posture and brings me to a spirit of reverence quiet time with his scripture not because I got to teach and preach but because I need him to speak to me to remember that, to remember that I must make this choice, this decision to respond to this invitation and there I can spend time with Jesus as I close up this teaching, you know what I loved about Mary she always found herself at the feet of Jesus right? so Luke chapter 10, we read it Mary and Martha at the feet of Jesus. Sometime later, Mary and Martha's brother, Nazareth, dies. You guys know that story. And they were waiting for Jesus, and Jesus never showed up, and Lazarus dies. And then Jesus is finally on his way back to their hometown. And 
Martha sees Jesus and she comes back to Mary and says, Mary, Jesus is here. Mary gets up, runs to where Jesus is. And she says this, then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. She always knew her place at the feet of Jesus. In every circumstance of life, even in her time of mourning and pain and anguish and despair and brokenness, she's there at the feet of Jesus because she knows he's the most important person in the room. She knows that his words will bring life to her circumstances and she makes this decision to be at the feet of Jesus. Not just in John chapter 11, but right before the crucifixion. In John chapter 12, we find her again in the room with the disciples. And the Bible says that she takes the most, most expensive perfume, breaks it, and pours it on the feet of Jesus. And the men were like, man, she's wasting money. And they were like, what is she doing? The Bible says it filled the room. She knew that her greatest worship would always be at the I love that Jesus said to Martha, this portion would not be taken away from her. It embedded in Mary's head and heart. And she knew that she always needed to be at the feet of Jesus. What matters most? What matters most to you, to me? As we look at our list this morning, yes, when we put Jesus first, everything else will fall into his place and we will find what we need for our circumstances always at the feet of jesus how do you do that you know, he's always in the room and he's always the most important person in the room and we live a life of reverence and admiration for him it changes our posture and we listen to the teachings of his word quiet time with the Bible, the logos, the wind of God, the word of God, quiet time, is spending time with Jesus. And we must choose, we must decide, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. I want to be at the feet of Jesus. inviting you come to me maybe there's someone here today that life has been hard and you're, you're dealing with some really tough things and you you feel like man can i ever loosen myself from these chains i want 
want to tell you, at the feet of Jesus, you will find all that you need for life. He is what matters most to you. He is what matters most to you. Perhaps you're here today and you're visiting or you're new or, or you've been in church for a long time, but, but you haven't been at the feet of Jesus. Today's a wonderful day to say, Lord, I want my Sunday to change my Monday. I want to prioritize you in my life. You are what matters most. Perhaps you're here this morning and you hear Jesus speaking into your life. I'm calling you. I'm calling you just the way you are. Yeah, maybe you have some imperfections. The truth is, each and every one of us here deal with imperfections. We're all beggars that have found bread. And all we can offer you is the bread of life. And his name is Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I, I, I need changes. I need changes. As we sing this next song, would you be so bold to come forward? We want to pray with you a prayer of faith that will change your life forever. A prayer of faith that will change your life. Would you hear the words of Jesus that say, Come? And for the church that's here, and you feel like God is speaking to me for a new commitment to help me really establish my discipline, well, the, the altar is open for you as well this morning. We'd love to pray for you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.